Say good evening to each one, and I trust the, the mercy and the peace of God has been your keeping power today. I have gone through several of these services, and I know how, how it can feel when you're one of those sitting out there and wondering what the outcome is going to be. <clears throat> Thank you for your prayers from my mom and on my behalf. Appreciate that. If I would ask each one of you, what kind of leader do you like? What kind of leader do you appreciate? Um, I wonder what kind of answers I would get. Now, I know it varies. It varies from person to person. Um, Because I know that I'm not always the kind of leader that some of the people in our congregation want me to be. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I just think back of uh, the first year and nine months in Belize when we lived there. And we're working at the mission. And the family that was there before us, that man and his wife were so well-equipped, and they were just, he was just the kind of guy, he would just jump into the middle of whatever was happening and just got her done. <laughs> well, that's not quite how I was. I guess I just fit a little more into the Belizean culture a little better, and well, there's always tomorrow, you know, we can work on this a little later. <clears throat> Anyhow, so I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what answers I would get from you. Um, I'm sure there'd be some variation, but um, I want to think about that a little bit tonight, what kind of person, and, and we've already had a good start. And so you can turn to 1 Peter 5. I want to read a couple verses here and talk about that. It describes a leader, and uh, some of you may think, well, that's, that's some qualifications for the bishop. But the term elder that is used here is kind of can be used either or, pastors for bishops for elders. There's, um, but I think, I'm pretty sure that these qualifications or uh, some of the things that are mentioned here are good for any leader. And I also want to say that there may be some of you sitting out here that you just know that, well, I'm old enough. I don't even have to worry about this, you know. So he's not talking to me tonight. I can just kind of tune out. Or maybe young men, and you know, this doesn't really apply. I just want to remind you that God has placed the burden of leadership on men. Not just church leaders. But most of us in life are called to some position of leadership. Family um, may not, you know, we're not all going to be called to be church leaders. But if you're, if you're married or will be, you're called to a position of leadership. And so these principles um, also apply. Maybe it's even at work. Maybe you're an employer or a group leader, something like that. can be various different positions. So I think um, I would just put my bid out there for all of you to listen, regardless of whether you feel like you're a candidate or not for what is happening this weekend. First Peter 5, I just want to read the first four verses, and then going to concentrate on verse 2 and 3. First Peter 5, verse 1, The elders which are among you I exhort, 
who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. I guess when we were talking about what messages should be preached, and I just mentioned that these verses are, are, have been a challenge to me as a leader. And so I feel like I'm in the middle of this journey of attempting to become a leader that is mentioned like this. And I invite you to join me in that journey. Feed the flock of God. Now that, as we think of a minister and feeding the flock, I'm guessing our mind probably goes into the area of the preaching part, the teaching, the discipling, uh, mentoring, whatever term you want to use. That's probably where our mind tends to go when we read that. Feed the flock of God. But it actually has a, a deeper meaning than that. It means to tend sheep. It means to act as a shepherd. Now, we've already had a few thoughts about shepherding. So, so let's just look at that again. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you. Now, that, that already opens it up a lot wider than just um, the preaching part. And, you know, I have already heard the comment made as... as our church was heading into an ordination. Um, one brother was trying to think who had a good topic lately. <laughs> well, that's maybe part of it, but it goes, it goes way beyond that, um, the qualifications or the requirements of a minister. And so, so shepherding, um, I guess just when I think of Shepherding on one hand, and then down in verse 3, it says, neither as being lords over God's heritage. And there's another scripture where it talks about not um, leaders of the church are not to lord it over the congregation the way Gentiles or non-Christians would do. Now, just think of those two words, shepherd and lord. You even say them a little bit differently. It just, it just conjures up completely different feelings um, in our mind, and especially as we think of a, a leader um, that we would have in our church. Do you want a shepherd, or do you want one that's going to lord it over you? I think I know the answer to that already. So what does shepherding a flock look like? What does a, a minister with a shepherd's heart, what does that really look like in everyday life? And I think the rest of those verses um, give us at least some insight into that. But before we, before we go and discuss that, I'd like for you to turn to the Old Testament. And Brother Dana started out last night with a verse from Ezekiel, and that's where I'm heading 
tonight also. I'd like for you to turn to Ezekiel 34. And now this is a pretty negative picture of leaders, of shepherds. It actually uses the term shepherds. And it's a prophecy that the Lord gave to Ezekiel about the, the false shepherds um, that had been in charge or, or in leadership of his flock, of his people. And so, yes, it is negative, but by looking at some of those negatives, we can learn also what a shepherd leader should look like. Ezekiel chapter 34, I'm going to read the first 10 verses for right now. And be thinking about this. Be thinking about what does a a shepherd-hearted leader look like. Ezekiel 34, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, ye clothe you with the wool, Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they were scattered, because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field, when they were scattered, my shepherd, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. I would not have wanted to be a sheep under one of these shepherds. You get the picture of what was happening here? These leaders were concerned about themselves. They were taking care of themselves. Just just look at verse 2 and 3 again. It says that they were feeding themselves. And he raises the question, should they not have been feeding the flocks? And I don't know what all those specifics were of that. I didn't take the time to try to find that out, but... I think your mind, in your mind, you can soon make some applications into church leadership today. Um, a selfish leader is not, does not have a shepherd heart. Leaders that take advantage of their position of authority. Um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that or not, but when, when it feels like when one of your leaders, whether it's at work, whether it's at church, wherever it might be, when it feels like whoever that person in authority is over you is, is making choices that are advantageous to him as opposed to the ones that he's in, are under his care, 
that doesn't feel good. That, that soon causes a lot of other issues working within your heart. And, and when you feel like you're being taken advantage of, he's looking out for himself. And that's what these, that's what these shepherds were doing, or so-called shepherds. Verse 3, it sounds like they just, they took the best of what was there. Ye eat the fat, ye clothe you with wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. Just using leadership for your own position. And I don't know, there can be just a lot of small applications that can be, be done in a, in a church where a leader can just take advantage and just, either serve himself or just do the opposite. Just pour himself out and, and take care of the sheep and make choices that will be taking care of the flock, being taken care of the sheep. A true shepherd will look after the welfare of the congregation, especially as opposed to using his position for his own gain or for his own favor. Verse 4, it mentions that the diseased, they didn't take care of them. That means weak. They were sick. They were afflicted. And you know, as a leader um, or as a church, sometimes a church is a little bit like a hospital. Not everybody's doing well. Members need some extra care. Maybe it's a season of life they're in, certain relational issues they're going through. Maybe it's just spiritual battles, something that, you know, they're struggling with and, and they need care. But it says these shepherds, they, they didn't take care of the ones that were diseased. Just let them go. They, they just left them to their own fate. That's not the true heart of a shepherd. It says they did not strengthen them. They didn't work towards a cure, help to, um, has the idea of repairing or fortifying, building them up. So as we look at these negative things, I want to remind you again, we're seeing, by seeing what they didn't do, we're seeing what a shepherd should be doing. So a, a true shepherd will be looking out for the care of the, the spiritual condition of his, his um, congregation. You know, being called to the ministry would be a lot easier if it would be just the teaching part, just the preaching part. But when we are called to care for each one, that means we have to know. We have to know you. We have to know our congregation in order to be able to care for them. That takes time. That takes relating. And so it, it means you will have to sacrifice. But, but I am here to tell you that God can change a selfish heart. I tend to be selfish. I like to, you know, I bought an old house. I've got a lot of projects that need to happen on the house, and I would love to just take some time and stay at home, you know, and work on the house. But this just doesn't, doesn't happen a lot. There's, we have a lot of older people in church. We have nine widows. We have, we just have a flock that needs care. And so, Sometimes there's some hard choices to make. Do I care about my people or do I care about, in my case, my house? And that's not negative. That's not a negative thing, that sacrifice. Um, 
and we'll get to some of that a little bit later. But it is, it's very rewarding to be involved in people's lives and to, to see them gain victory in an area, to see relationships repaired, just to see people doing well. And so as, as being one of the ministry team, you often have a little more of an inside track on that. And, and you know some of your church people maybe better than you would have otherwise. But the rest of you can do the same. Remember, these, these things are not good just for the leaders. They're good for, for each one of us. <clears throat> so a true shepherd will care about the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical um, well-being of the congregation. Verses 5 and 6 talk about how they were scattered. They were scattered because there is no shepherd. Almost sounds like we heard last night. I sought for a man, but there was none. And it says they just became prey to all whatever was hunting them down, all the beasts of the field. My sheep wandered through all the mountains. I just thought about all the, all the teachings that we hear today, all the agendas that are out there in the world. Some are, some are very in our face and they're so obvious they're against truth. Others are a bit more subtle. They kind of come in the back door and they're, they're mixed with truth. They're truth and error mixed together, a little bit harder. But there's, there's just all kinds of ways that the evil one is just working to erode Christianity, to, to fight against um, God's kingdom. And so as leaders, as a leader with a true shepherd heart, we need to be aware. We need to be we need to be teaching. We need to be, um, again, knowing our congregation, knowing what is happening. Um, you know, for instance, just being very practical, with, for, especially for young parents, with all the, the gender confusion and all the things associated to that, are you going to be aware? Are you going to be a good leader, Dad, in your home and clearly teach scriptural truths? And I think we as, as church leaders, we need to be aware of the same thing. We need to be aware of what is happening. And so it says that these, these shepherds, they didn't, they didn't care. They just, their flock was open to, to all kinds of um, negative um, and harmful influences. They became prey. And they became lost. They wandered through the mountains. Upon every high hill, yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. And yet he calls them shepherds in the next verse. I think we need to be aware, even some of the, some of the like I mentioned, some of the, the teachings that are, are, are out there are so, so against what we know to be truth that you can almost take for granted that, well, our people won't be swayed by that. But think about um, those of you who are at least as old as I am. Think back when you were a child and the reaction that people had when you heard the news that someone divorced. And now think about how the reaction is today. So it has, a, it has an eroding effect on us because I, I, I can still remember sort of the hushed tones of older people 
like my parents' age, were talking about this, someone divorced, you know. Well, now it's in our own families, possibly. And so we just need to be aware. A true shepherd will guard against evil influences and seek to restore those who have wandered, not just, well, they're gone. Wash my hands of that. No, we seek after them. We care. We actually care about what is happening. We care about truth. We care about the hearts of those that God has entrusted to us. That's the negative part. But now I want to read the next verses. So that was what the shepherds that were called to lead, that is how they were responding. They were not doing their job. How did God respond? Let's begin reading in verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. That means he's going to follow them with the idea of pursuing them, searching for them. And you'll notice as we read through here, through verse 16, that he is completely reversing almost everything that was mentioned that the shepherds had not done. He is reversing that, and he, as the true shepherd, is going to restore this. So I just want to read verse 11 again then keep going. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. And I will feed them in a good pasture. And upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and I will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick but I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. That is the kind of shepherd I want to be under, the kind of leader. What God said he would do You just got that picture of that restoration, seeking those that were lost, bringing them back, binding them up, that which was broken, feeding them. It says they'll lie in a good fold. It's just a picture of safety, contentment. That is what good leaders, the effect that they can have. So that is God, that he is the true shepherd. That's what was said of Jesus. He said it himself. He says, I am the good shepherd. And later on um, in one of the epistles, it says, that good shepherd of the sheep. But remember, God works through people. And so he's calling us to be a true shepherd. Well, let's go back and just look at a few more thoughts there in First Peter. Um, <clears throat> back to First Peter 5 again. Feed the flock of God. Be a good shepherd. And he says it is the flock of God. And I think that's important 
to remember, um, it's not our church. Sometimes we say our church, and, and that's okay. But there's also a sense where a leader can, on one hand, he can take too much ownership. And one of the effects can be that his, his, um, his self-worth or his identity is wrapped up in how well the church is doing, how many people are there, you know, um, that kind of thing. Um, and then becoming defensive of himself or, or maybe his members, not hearing, not being able to hear, hear truth. And if a leader like that is in position too long, he may even eventually become sort of a dictator. So that's, that's one ditch. On the other hand, we can kind of adopt the, the, the other pendulum swing and say, well, it's God's church, and, um, you know, he's, he's going to take care of the church, and we just, we just step back and, you know, just kind of relax and let, let God take care of it. You know, I'll just pray about it. And, well, that's... Um, you know, no responsibility, no culpability. So there's, there's, the, two, there's the two ditches, somewhere in between. Um, recognizing it is the flock of God. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Take the oversight thereof. Not by constraint, but willingly. I want to read that part of those verses in, from the ESV. It says, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. He says, take this calling, take this responsibility willingly. And I guess maybe this part is, is more directed specifically for the one who will be called this weekend. And yet, it still applies to dad's leaders, whoever that may be, whatever your position might be. Do it willingly. You know what happens if you don't do it willingly? If you do it by compulsion, every time it costs you something, every time I can't work on my house, it's just going to, you know? If I'm not, if I don't have a sacrificing heart that, that God is weeding out that selfishness, and if it's by compulsion, it just the level of joy and, um, is, is taken away, and it'll bleed through. It, um, your people will know it. So, so just, you have to, if, you aren't, if your heart isn't naturally that way, um, most of us have at least a bit of a selfish bent, so maybe some of us more than others, we just have to ask God. God, change my heart. I, and, and that's been part of my prayer um, especially since I've been in the office of bishop, it's just made me more aware of the res- my responsibility that I have, the, the influence that I have on the church. And it's caused me to just fall on my knees before God. I need, I need a changed heart. I need a shepherd heart but to do it willingly. And that ready mind, it, it's, it, that simply means with brisk and cheerful readiness. <laughs> and, you know, this calling, it will. It will change your life. Changes your schedule. Changes your priorities. But again, that's not all bad. 
That's, that's not necessarily a negative part. It's just something that you need to face and um, just be willing to do it. And, and I may have mentioned this last year when I was um, one of the messages I had about um, Deacon, but I, one, one thing that I enjoy about being in the ministry, and that is teaching instruction class. I, I just love that part of being able to interact with, usually it's youth, um, teaching them truth, getting to know them. So, so there's, there's aspects of, of the ministry that, yes, it, it calls for sacrifice, and it does change things in your life, and yet there's some privileges that come along with that, and then seeing them take those important steps in life, baptism, marriage, and just, yeah, there's just, there's, that's one of the things that I, that I enjoy. There's more. <clears throat> but then he does say, neither as being lords. Remember that difference between shepherd and lord, that thing? Nobody likes it when, when you're authority and lords it over you. I remember remember going into the license branch there um, in San Ignacio and I'd gone in often enough, um, we were down there for five years, so I'd gone in there often enough that I knew the older fellow that was that you had to go back to his office to um, take care of all the business and so one day I came in there and, and they had changed, changed a little routine there, now there was another guy at a desk here in the waiting room and it was his responsibility, I guess, to, to let you know when it was your turn. Well, I didn't realize that that all had changed. And when I saw that, you know, I, I kept track of it. I was, I was next in line, so I got up, and I was going to head back. And younger man that was here was uh, feeling the, the authority thing, you know. And he was like, no, you, you need to sit down, and I'll tell you when it's time, you know, and that kind of thing. So, okay, I just sat back down, and uh, that's lording it. Of course, then I felt a little better when um, about as soon as that happened, the older gentleman back there stuck his head out the window, and he just went. <laughs> so I tried not to smirk when I walked past that. <laughs> but that's lording. That, that doesn't feel good. Um, that just doesn't work as a leader. So let's not do that. Let's remember that we are not called to this position to, to serve ourselves, to make ourselves, you know, someone. doesn't feel good to be talked down to. But he says, rather, don't be a lord, but he says, be examples. That means to be like a die. You, if you pull some change out of your pocket, you look at a coin, there is a stamp, there is a die that each one of those is stamped with. And if you would look at a fresh stamped coin and the die, it is just a mirror image. It's exactly the same thing. And that's what he's calling us as leaders to be. He says, you be that die. You be that form, that mold. And you be the kind of person that each one of your church members can be just like you. And it's a good church. What do you think, Brother Terrell? (laughs) Now, we're not all going to be exactly alike. God obviously has different temperaments, different giftings. But in some of these spiritual requirements, he wants us as leaders, even you as dads. You be 
the kind of dad that you want your children to turn out to be. Be that kind of person. That's what he's calling us to. So we don't lord it, but we are an example. We are that die. That, um, so I guess we could ask ourselves as a leader, are you the shape that you want your followers to be? When closing, I just want to read just a couple verses here that was um, that give a testimony to Paul and Silas and Timothy, and, and you can find them in First Thessalonians two. But I'll just read them for you. Just just listen to what is said here as as leaders. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. Not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, as God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses in God also. How holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believed. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you into his kingdom and glory. Talk about setting an example. Paul and Silas and Timothy had done that for the Thessalonians. May God bless you with leaders that have true shepherd hearts.